Once Upon a Time in Adequately Advanced Magic. And that is actually like, you know, if you guys were looking for a job, we could probably pay you guys to protect us. Yeah, so me and Vince will see you over for dinner tomorrow. I'll be there. Is there anything we should bring? You reel your fishing pole and eventually you pull out a pretty sizable quipper which is the flesh-eating fish. I would prefer you whack it for me. I don't want to whack it. Yeah, I have something I have something I could bring to dinner tonight. Sure. You wake yourself up as well as Hukir, who's sleeping nearby. The entire room is covered in a thin layer of dust, and judging from where it's a little bit thicker, you see a vent. Uh, I'm just wondering if, is there a Knoll gang around here? Do you know anything about that? They've been threatening some people nearby. There's the plunders, the kings, and the rats. He takes your map and he pulls out a highlighter and roughly marks it on your map. It seems like the plunderers have the largest amount of territory, while the kings and the rats have about equivalent sizes, about half of what the plunderers control. As the two of you head out from Henry's shop, you see that it's getting pretty late, and that it's probably time to get ready for dinner. Welcome to Falcon's Reach, a city in which magic is technology. You're listening to Adequately Advanced Magic. and Niklaus, the two of you head back up to your room. And as you arrive, you also run into Cirrus, who for some reason is carrying two particularly large flesh-eating fish. Wait, we know they're flesh-eating fish? Are they alive? They're dead. Oh. Hercure puts his staff back on his back. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, check it out! Dinner! What is that? What is that? Uh, just some local fauna that I single-handedly caught while strolling around and having a time. And, you know, just some big juicy fish that we're going to just chow on tonight. So I have a question. We're in the middle of a city. The only bodies of water I know of are sewers. Never mind. I don't want to know. Sewers is very proud of of this. No, but what is it? What's a, what's a, a fauna? It's fish, man. Like, you know, uh, it's... I, okay, so I'll walk you through what I did. Okay, so I went to the river, and then I got my fishing pole out, and then I fished, and then here's the fish. I see. Well, I'm glad we have something to show for Annette. Yes, I think she'll. I think this will really, really ingratiate us with her, and it's good. It is good to have your your landlord ingratiated and indebted to you, especially since we're not paying rent. <laughs> <laughs> especially in that case. Kiriko, you look outside, and it looks like it's about time to get ready. Guys, looks like it's about time to get ready. I make sure everyone knows that. <laughs> oh, thank you, Herker. Wow, appreciate it. Thank you. He's a druid. He's attuned with the uh, passing of time, the movement of the sun through the city. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the sounds of the, the creatures, the different times of day. The way the wind changes as it blows through local moss and lichens. <laughs> Relative humidity. Ooh, All good ones. Checks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Niklaus looks at himself. Does the presentation and says, okay, I'm good. Kirkia changes into his good shirt. It's not that good of a shirt. What does it look like? I mean, it's it's the same sort of weird patterny browns and greens and 
yellows. Cirrus has one change of clothes with her because she wasn't expecting to not return home today. So she changes into her street clothes. What does that look like? Let's see. She is wearing a, I would say, a button-up t-shirt. No, not a button-up t-shirt. A button-up shirt. <laughs> button-up t-shirt. <laughs> a red button-up shirt, blue jeans. Joey, what time of year is it? It's fall now. Okay. And a light sweater. It's very fashionable. <laughs> yeah, you put on your clothes, and here, here, Nicholas, you see that Sirius is pretty fit. It's just cleverly hidden underneath all that police armor. Yeah, she she is very she's very toned. <laughs> is there anything else you guys do to get ready? It runs a comb through his hair. It's not very helpful. The comb rolls in that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Nicholas is good to go. I try to wrap the fish in like newspaper or something so that I'm not holding. <laughs> just raw fish in your arms. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, here you go. Hope you know what to do with it. I've been carrying this all day. <laughs> yeah, she, she probably smells terrible. All right, shall we go? We depart our quarters. Yeah. The three of you leave your apartment, and as you do, you also see that Audrey, Gobzu, and Constance are about to head out. Audrey is finally not wearing mechanics clothes for once, but... The street clothes that she's wearing seem to be almost a little bit too small for her. Are they constant-sized? Yeah, do a perception check. This is very important, guys. I don't want to mess this yeah, up. Yeah, this, this is very, very important. 19. <laughs> Surprisingly adroit at seeing women's clothing sizes. <laughs> I, I am. Really good at this. I've got an eye for fashion. Yeah, you do notice that the clothes are constant size, and Constance is a little bit shorter than Audrey. Gobzu, meanwhile, is in his trademark tracksuit, and it's very clean. It seems like he took the time to clean it up a little bit. And it's spectacular. Constance has somehow changed the color of her cloak, but it's hard to see because she's carrying eight gigantic bottles of alcohol. Ah, uh, good old Constance. Where did you get all that alcohol? Uh, don't worry about it. It was definitely not illegal. Oh, okay. <laughs> ch 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 checks out. Are you guys ready? Let's do it. Yes, let's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the entire group departs for Annette's room on the second floor. For places unknown. Their next adventure. I kind of walk up to Constance and I'm like side-eyeing the alcohol she brought to see if it was any good. <laughs> yeah, do an investigate check. Brand awareness check. <laughs> 18 plus 5. 23. Yes. Rocking me. Totally unnecessary roles so far tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you see that Constance has gotten some mid to high level tier stuff. Like right in between mid to high. So the bougie stuff. Yeah, but not like absurdly expensive stuff. No no artisanal. Nouveau craft. riche, not real rich. Yeah. Yeah, you get a little bit excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. I start just talking about it with her, with drinks she likes to make. Stuff like that. Small talk. Mm-hmm. She's like, drinks? Drink it straight from the bottle. <laughs> ah, so you still have room after uh, all those cookies earlier? Uh, yeah, of course. I'm like, man, I wish I had your constitution. <laughs> <laughs> I check Constance's character sheet. <laughs> 20. <laughs> 20 in, in everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, they were good. Thanks. Yeah, well, you know, I'm happy to give gifts to my new friends. Niklaus pointedly says nothing. <laughs> that was very pointed of you, Niklaus. A, a pointed silence. Yeah. The six of you arrive at Annette's door. I attack. Yeah, you knock on the door with a varying degree of violence. 
consistent degree. It's not varying, it's very consistent. A very lean and tall elf, with a gnarly scar over his nose, opens the door. He's wearing a dark suit with the top buttons on his shirt unbuttoned, and on top of that he has a white apron with the image of an owlbear on. Nice. Aww. You also see that he has a tattoo of a tree that starts on his right hand and leads all the way up to his neck. As he opens the door, he says, Hi. Cirrus is like, I brought fish, and she winks at him. Great. He winks at you. Hmm. I receive his wink. (laughs) Put it in your inventory. Yes. (laughs) Plus one wink. (laughs) And he opens the door to let you in. Meanwhile, he introduces himself to the rest of you guys. He's Vince, Annette's husband. Hi, Vince. Hello. Vince. Nice to meet you. Come on in. I try to see if he has any bruises on his body or any signs of accidents perhaps caused by his uh, his definitely not cursed wife. <laughs> <laughs> Do an investigate check. All right. I can investigate. She's getting a little handsy with him. I can't investigate tonight. That is a seven. <laughs> You don't really see any injuries. You do see a couple of scars that are pretty old. Well, that's neat. From from inside the apartment, you see Annette, who is very excitedly waving at everybody. And she's like, hello. Hello. Hey, Annette. Thanks for having us. Hi, ma'am. Thank you for inviting us to your your lovely abode. Yeah, I can't wait. The three of you take a look over and you see that she's been fenced off from reaching the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> she's got like a bait, one of those baby gates or the, the dog yeah. gates. <laughs> yeah, it's like a dog gate. Halfling gates. This makes complete sense to me. Vince heads into the kitchen to get stuff ready. Meanwhile, the three of you take a look around Annette's apartment, and it's pretty similarly laid out to the apartment that Gobzu, Constance, and Audrey are in. Oh, of course. Yeah, the main difference being that there's a pretty large dining room table with a peculiar device in the center. Sitting on top of the device is a very large pot. Herkir inspects it. Yeah, and the Klaus is intrigued. Yeah, the two of you head over to the dining room table and take a look at the device, and you see that there is a produced flame, Match Attack included. Mm-hmm. Not just for catering businesses anymore. Magic really is technology, isn't it? <laughs> 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 Really, really liking that enthusiasm tonight. (laughs) Goddamn new guy. (laughs) (laughs) Along the walls of the living room are an assorted collection of monster plushies. Are they all like like uh, the same brand? Like they're all from a set? Like uh, what are they? Back in the nineties. Yeah, they're they're like fantasy beanie babies. Yes! yes! <laughs> That's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> Although, not gonna lie, I would probably buy an owlbear beanie baby. Are they, are they worth a fortune, Joey? <laughs> One day. <laughs> One, One day. day. <laughs> Annette catches you guys looking at it, and she's like, Oh, do you like my collection? Yeah, what's the, what's the story behind it? Oh yeah, I just started collecting these when I was younger. Do they have, like, special meaning for you? Not particularly. I told all my friends that it would be worth a lot one day. So I have to ask Joey, is this like 10, 30, 100? <laughs> we'll say 30. Okay. Just on the edge of reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the edge of reasonable. Sitting on the shelves are plushies of a lot of different kinds of monsters. A, my- a myriad of monsters. Like almost a whole tome worth of monsters. <laughs> They're all goblins, and Gobzu's extremely uncomfortable. 
Is, it, is, is there a goblin one? <laughs> there is not a goblin one. Oh, okay. Goblins are people too. Come on. Only the non-sapient monsters got plushy-sized. Yeah. She says, yeah, these are my favorite. She extends an arm out to touch one. I back up. And then hastily changes her mind. I return. Wow. <laughs> I go try to find Vince to give him the, the fish, since I think he is cooking based on you're still just holding yeah. these two big fish yes in both they're i'm assuming they're big and she's just holding them in like both arms like on her side she's just showing off the the biceps <laughs> Ooh. has uh Nikos ever seen this device before on the table yeah you've probably encountered it before okay Nikos is is uh appropriately excited <laughs> serious you head to the kitchen and hand off the fish is there anything i can do to help uh, yeah, maybe in a bit. Okay, I'm here if you need me. Happy to help. You see that he has the biggest kitchen knife you have ever seen, and that he's very violently chopping up everything. <laughs> Plushies, vegetables, protein bars. Working, very bluntly, just like, working out some issues are there, are you, champ? No. Okay. Well, this has been great. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> There's a knock on the door, and Vince says, do you mind getting that? Yeah, of course. I do that. Herker's staring at the door. Confusedly. Seriously, you get the door and you see Alistair and Tiger. And Tiger's like, hey. Hello. Oh, hi. Are you also here for the dinner party? (laughs) (laughs) Fancy seeing you here. (laughs) Yeah, we're here for dinner. Cool. Come on in. And I hold the door open for them very politely. Yeah. The two of them head in and drop some stuff off with Vince and then take a seat at the dining room table. Alistair has to grab like a bunch of boxes nearby so that Tiger can be at the correct height. (laughs) <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the wall of monster plushies, Annette says, I suppose you guys travel around a lot? I mean, I wouldn't say a lot, but we get around the city. Well, if you ever happen to come into possession of any plushies, I would happily buy them off of you. Sure. Always uh, down to help a collector. I offer to take Tiger's and Alistair's coats. Wow, such a host. She just wants to help and be useful. Tiger's like, I don't have a coat. I have to wear my tactical vest at all times. Okay, but I see uh, from this artwork that you have a hat. Do you want me to (laughs) hang that up? (laughs) Sure. I do that. He looks naked without it. I blush. (laughs) Uh, Alistair hands you his jacket. Excellent. I'll I'll just hang that up, and I hang that up. Well, uh, the rest of the gang's hanging out over here by the wall of plushies. Niklaus is not quite hovering near Constance, but he's definitely nearby. He doesn't want to ask for a drink, because that would be rude, but he's just waiting. Constance is just sitting on the couch with her arms around all the alcohol. Yep, he's just nearby. He's he's ready. How much of an alcoholic is Niklaus? I mean, he was a blue, he was a white collar worker, so, you know. That's fair. (laughs) From the kitchen, Vince pokes his head out for a second and he signals at the three of you. And he says, could you guys help me with this? Hercule looks around confusedly. I immediately go and help. I can help. He'll uh, follow his compatriots into the kitchen. Yeah, what do you need help with? Anything. Vince says, do you guys mind making the broth? Sure. How to, how uh, How is that traditionally done? <laughs> Heat up some water and put some stuff in it. Okay, I'll look for some stuff to put in it. Well, he hands you the stuff. Plus one stuff. Vince hands you a selection of vegetables, some green onions, some mushrooms, some root things, including ginger, and also a set of mysterious-looking bones. Ooh. 
Urkir examines the bones. Do a nature check. 21. We're not saying they're human, but they're not not <laughs> human. <laughs> a child or halfling appears to have been... Oh, God! <laughs> Urkir, you take a look at it, and you're pretty sure these are the bones of a Grick. What's a Grick? Remind me. It's a sort of worm, underground worm-like monster with tentacles around its beak. Okay. Oh. It's sort of like underground land squid. Gotcha. Herkir notes this to himself. Cirrus prepares to just dump all of this in a pot with water. Niklaus is fiddling with the produced flame magitech to get the water boiling. I proceed to dump everything in the water. Just as you're about to dump everything in the water, uh, first of all, it's not boiling yet. Oh. It seems like there's something messed up with the device. I smack the device. Wait, yeah, yeah. Mikhaus applies some percussive maintenance. <laughs> My favorite kind. Go ahead and roll a strength check. Nice. 12 minus 1 is 11. You hit it and you hear something clank inside, but nothing happens. Vince, it looks like the stove is not turning on. Have you had any trouble with it? No, it was working fine this morning. Do we need to get Audrey in here to fix this? Niklaus can take a look. Niklaus tries to open the or look for and open like a maintenance panel or something. Yeah, go ahead and do an arcana check. That's going to be a three. Plus five, eight. You take a look inside and it's a hot mess. <laughs> Seems fine. You do see that the produced flame Magitech is still intact. Meanwhile, Annette starts sauntering over and she's looking at your plate of vegetables. It was like this when I found it. <laughs> hey, hey, Annette, uh, something's wrong with this stove it wasn't getting hot oh that's weird so what what should we do about it right at this moment annette bumps into a glass and knocks it over and she says oh let me get that no it's okay do we have a metal pot it is a metal pot all right i can uh i can heat that up if we need to good idea can you do it i cast heat metal in the pot the water starts boiling okay sir it's time to throw in all that stuff i finally i finally dump all the stuff in there yeah it smells good. The three of you do notice that there is a surprisingly large amount of fresh stuff, which none of you are particularly accustomed to. A couple of minutes later, Vince comes out with the rest of the stuff and he rings a dinner bell, because that's a thing. He looks very dainty while he does it. The couch crew heads towards the dining room table and everybody sits down. It's a big table. Constance starts handing out the alcohol. Handing it out and you get a bottle and you get a bottle. How big is this apartment, Joey, by the way? Mmm... It's a pretty large one bedroom. So are we all like, do we all fit comfortably in there or is it a little bit cramped? It's a little bit cramped. Gotcha. I try to get a seat. Yeah. As you try to take a seat, Sirius, you hear a weird banging noise from the vent. I investigate. Uh As you poke your head to look into the grate, Sirius, you see something looking back at you. I gasp. (gasps) What is it? And then it bursts out of the vent. It hugs your face. You've been captured by a face hugger. Oh, well, that sucks. I gotta roll a new <laughs> character now. They <laughs> get to play as the uh, the alien that pops out afterwards. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you see a dusty, imp-like elemental creature, and it's fluttering about the room. What the hell is that? I swear I didn't do this. This isn't my fault. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. What is it? Hercure watches curiously. The implied creature is, you guys recognize it as a dust mythit, and has a long pointy nose and sort of disproportionately long arms. And as it circles around the pot, it begins shedding dust everywhere. Well, I guess that explains where all the dust in our room was coming from. And then chaos ensues. Oh, God. I throw a plushie at it. 
I'm picturing Constance and Audrey both shrilly screaming, and then like <laughs> the the pitches are like going in and out of like phase with each other. Oh God! <laughs> I I try to blood harmony. I try to shield the food with my body so that dust doesn't get in it. Because I'm very hungry. Nikos yeah. is covering his drink. <laughs> Constance yells, and she and Audrey both scream. Tiger has a natural fear of flying creatures, and oh, he just freaks the fuck out. He starts running around. He's got a tactical vest. He's fine. Alistair just sort of sits there unemotionally. Vince pulls out his giant chef knife, and he looks like he's about to mess something up. I like it. I like it. Annette flips over in her chair and breaks it. <laughs> what is this thing? Dust method. So is it bad? Is it a bad thing? It's like a pest, I think, Yeah. Than anything else. If you really want to get into it, they're neutral evil in the book. Does this one seem evil, Joey? Yeah, it's cackling as it <laughs> circles around the stew menacingly. Gobzu actually says, Oh, hey guys, if you if you kill it, it'll explode. Oh, not the normal explode. You may explode in the dust. Yeah, we used to get these all the time. That would not be good. All right, and now we're going to roll initiative. Yay! Oh, yeah. Nice. Is there some way we can leave this outside and then do what must be done? <laughs> and murder it. <laughs> well, if we non-lethal it to unconsciousness, then uh, it won't die and explode. It's true. Klaus got a 19 for his initiative. Nice. Herkir got a 5. Cirrus got a 7. All right, Niklaus. Mm. Niklaus will take this turn to grab out of his bag, which he took with him, the rope and attempt to fashion a lasso. <laughs> Ooh. So yeah, he makes a lasso. That's been my turn doing that. Yeah, you do that. It's the Mephit's turn, and it flies around in circles around the pot, shedding dust everywhere. And it looks like it's going to fly straight towards it next turn. Towards the stew? Yep. No, we're going to defend the stew. We'll have to order takeout otherwise. <laughs> no! <laughs> no! Are uh, Sirius's fish in this stew? Not yet. They've been chopped up, and they're ready to be put inside if one desires. Oh, I see. It's uh, one of those. <laughs> it's Sirius's turn. It's like hot pot. Sirius thinks to herself, I need to subdue this creature, and we'll cast sleep on it. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and roll. Okay, I have, to write, I have to roll 5d8. Don't knock yourself out now. <laughs> does it have 16 or less hit points? It does not. Okay. Then the spell doesn't work. Well, the problem is it's hovering ar- above the dining room table, which is also where several other people are located. Right, right. Does somebody have. Who falls asleep. Does somebody fall within this category? Right, right. Whoever has the least amount will fall asleep, and then I subtract their hit points from this pool of 16. Okay, so Gobzu has 7 health points. Okay, so there's 9 left. So Gobzu falls asleep. Gotta check Audrey first. Audrey and Gobzu just, like, fall over, and they both start snoring. I'm sorry! And now it's Herkir's turn. Alright, Herkir takes his staff of flowers and attacks. He's holding it with both hands. There, you take a whack at it. He's gonna play Mephit Pinata. 18. You hit. Woo! For five points of damage. And just for dramatic effect, <laughs> you do a bit of a wind up and you bat it across the room. Oh, yeah. He's got the little spinorama. Bam! Picture a little poof of dust when he hits it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like hitting a dusty carpet. All right, and it's back to Nick Klaus. 
Alright, with now with it across the room, I move over closer to it, and I attempt to lasso the method. I don't know what to roll for this. We can say it's like a net. Yeah? Are you proficient with nets? I am not proficient with nets. I don't <laughs> think. What? What? Is that a simple weapon? It is a martial ranged weapon. I am not proficient now, so it'll just be my dex, but no proficiency? Yeah. Okay. That'll be a 10 to hit. A 10 does not hit. I miss. That's it. You managed to capture Tiger. <laughs> and now he's like really freaking out. He's just like, oh my god. Nikos does like a little flick of his wrist and down the rope a little impulse goes that loosens the, the lasso from his neck. <laughs> yeah. The dust method dodges out of the way of your lasso and it makes a beeline for the big pot. And it flies into it, nearly knocking it over and spewing dust everywhere. Sad. No! It's back to serious. So it's not inside the pot, it knocks the pot over. It's about to knock the pot over. Alright, I attempt to grab it, grapple check, and restrain it to so that it troubles us no further. Handcuff it! Read it its <laughs> rights! <laughs> this is a disturbance of the peace. <laughs> so it can contest it with acrobatics, and I can quote-unquote attack it with athletics, so okay. I rolled a 16. <laughs> It rolled a 20. Damn. Well, that's just sad. I'm picturing, like, Cirrus went to go grab it, cut both hands together, grabbed it, but then it was just a bunch of dust. I, like, cough. I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it's back to here. So where is it? It's flying right above near the pot. Alright, well, I'm going to uh, take aim again and see if I can hit it with my staff. 21. You hit. Woo! For four points of damage, I'm doing non-lethal. Yeah, you bonk it again, and it flies in the opposite direction towards the living room. Nice. And now it's back to Niklaus. Chase after it. I try once again to uh, get it with the lasso. Twelve. You hit. Oh. <laughs> you just hit it with the rope, it's it. <laughs> I, I do a, a jerking motion to, to tighten it down on it. Yeah. Your lasso goes around the thing's neck, and you pull it down onto the floor, and he is now restrained. I was like, all right, guys. Knock it unconscious. I'll hold it down. <laughs> just stand over it, kicking it until it's unconscious. Is, if it's restrained, can we just take it out outside? Can we dump it out the window? Well, yeah, it's a it's a it's a wily one. I don't want it slipping the the noose. You know what I mean? That's true. Also, if we just like let it go outside, it could uh, just get back into the vents. Yeah. We need to take it to wherever the knolls are <laughs> and release it there. That's a great idea. <laughs> Smart. It's the Mephit's turn, and it's going to try and break out of the lasso. But it can't. Hooray! You did it! And he rolls a 14. What is it against? It has to beat a DC 10 strength check. So that's oh. just straight up. Well, is that for the net? Yeah. I'm just thinking because the net, like, you throw it, and it's like you're no longer holding onto it. But the rope, I'm, like, holding onto. We can say you're still holding onto it. Do I get to try to roll something? <laughs> I guess a strength? It's a negative one. It's not a very good roll, but we'll see. Whatever you think we should do. We'll just stick with the net rules okay, for this one. It but yeah, we can say that you're still holding on to it, though, if you wanted to, like, reel it back in and try again. Okay. That's its action, though, and it just sort of flutters around. It's back to Sirius's turn. All right. I'm going to try to smack it with my hands. going to give it a big old smack. That was a 20. Yeah, you hit. Uh, that does four damage. 
Wow. I'm not trying to kill it also. Yeah. What does it look like? Are you like slapping it or like punching it or? Uh, I'm definitely trying to slap it. So it did or did not escape from the rope. I was confused about that. It escaped from the lasso. Okay. Yeah. So I like jump up in the air and like smack it back down on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It makes like squeaking sound as it smashes into the floor and bounces back up. All right. Here, here. So where is it now? It's still fluttering about the living room. All right. He's going to wind up again. Try and knock it out. He fails. That's a five. Five does not hit. You run over to it and you try to whiff it in the air. (laughs) Flails helplessly at the uh, method. All right, Niklaus. Niklaus puts down the lasso and he takes the cane, veteran's cane, is that what it was called? Mm -hmm. But he uses it as a cane. (laughs) All right, so he tries to whack it with the cane. So it's an 18 minus 1 plus 2. So 19. That hits. And it does... D6 is 3 minus 1, 2 damage. Non, non-lethal bonking damage. <laughs> All right. It explodes into unconsciousness. <laughs> you got me with that one, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it falls to the ground and starts twitching. Someone got a bag or a jar. The three of you look over at the table... It's fine. Tiger. Everyone's fine. <laughs> yeah. Gobzu and Audrey are snoring. <laughs> I forgot they got put to sleep. Uh, Constance is just standing in the corner drinking alcohol. <laughs> this is a weird time to take a nap, guys. Vince is helping Annette get up from her chair fiasco. Tiger is mostly catatonic. And Alistair is just sitting at the table, but covered in a layer of dust. We saved the day. Cirrus will grab a paper towel to pick up the Mephit with. <laughs> it's like a small creature. <laughs> She'll attempt to dump it out the window. Yeah, you can dump it out the window if you want. What about the gnolls? I thought we were going to take it to the gnolls. Do you really want to carry this thing around with us? Let's get a jar. What if you carry it around with us? That seems fine to me. This thing is the size of a halfling, from what I understood <laughs> what Joey just said. <laughs> well, what's between small and tiny? This is what we need to know. Is it bigger than the uh, fish Sarah brought? <laughs> Those are big fish. <laughs> Joey said it was small, so I'm assuming it's like goblin sized or something like that. Yeah, it is technically like goblin sized. Wow, too big. Yeah, its big. face is all bruised and lumpy. All right, then maybe maybe we do just dump it in a dumpster or something. Is there a good place to dispose of this thing? He's looking at Annette and uh, Vic. Is that his name? Vince. Vince. <laughs> Vince says, "Yeah, there's a trash chute outside." Wait. In the hallway? In the hallway. Oh, okay. Cirrus will go ahead and take it to the trash chute. Nikos goes with Cirrus. Just in case. Yeah. The two of you guys head outside into the hallway. Hercure goes over to Constance and gets a drink. Yep. Constance just has this, like, 1,000-yard stare. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen some shit. Pretty good party, eh? Uh, It's not bad. I've seen worse. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, back out in the hallway. Yeah, I I thought this place was pretty great, but I don't think their pest control is up to snuff. Yeah, we woke up this morning. Our entire room was covered in dust. It has to have been one of these things. How did I not see that? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. I mean, these things are fairly common in apartments, but, but still, a very unwelcome dinner guest. Definitely. I hope the food wasn't ruined. Uh, well, I can personally vouch for the quality of the fish. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> I'm sure they're just fine. Before Cirrus like dumps it in the dumpster, Nikos is like, so when it dies, you have to make sure it's already like in the chute so the dust doesn't get everywhere. 
Well, I hope it doesn't die. I wasn't trying to kill it. I mean, I mean, we have to kill it because otherwise it'll just come back. Well, maybe it's learned its lesson and it'll go elsewhere. The cops like looks at at Cirrus like like Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Cirrus, <laughs> that'll never get old. <laughs> you, know, you know what? You might be right. Here, I'll I'll give it a stern talking to. <laughs> I want to hear this lecture. Okay, I wasn't. So, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put my hands out to grab it from Cirrus. <laughs> Cirrus is going to do, like, the insight check right now. To, since I'm assuming... Since I'm assuming this is all some, some bullshit. Uh, but Cirrus probably failed that because she got an 8. I can roll deception. It's a natural 20. <laughs> so, 27. <laughs> okay. Narrow's eyes suspiciously, but... With that role, I don't think she can't not be convinced. Nicklaus gives a charming smile. Cirrus returns it. She's like, I love making new friends. And then walks back <laughs> to the apartment. <laughs> Once Cirrus goes back inside, Nicklaus puts it into the dumpster and just does a, a quick motion to the neck and drops it. <laughs> yeah, there's a little like floof sound as it explodes down farther down the uh, chute. A little bit of dust comes out. Nicholas prestigiates himself. He missed a bit on the shoulder. He gets it with his hand. <laughs> Walks back inside. Yep. Took you a little longer than I thought it would. We came to an understanding. <laughs> Interesting. Back inside the apartment, Vince has already started cleaning up. Gabzu and Audrey are still asleep, though. Tiger helps out a little bit. Nicholas goes back to his drink and joins Constance. Yeah, the three of you are just standing in a row against the wall, because Hirkir's still there, too. We did our part. Cyrus attempts to wake up. Audrey and Gabzu. Accidentally casts even deeper sleep on them. We have to go deeper. <laughs> Audrey wakes up and she's like, uh, what What just happened? Uh, I don't know. I think you, both of you were so shocked by what happened that you fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say passed out. <laughs> Whatever you were drinking was really potent. <laughs> Does Nicholas know that, they, that he saw her cast sleep, right? Yeah, I would say you probably, you've seen it before, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, we've never seen it. the person cast it on someone else, to be fair. <laughs> Nikos doesn't say anything. <laughs> Gobsu's just like, oh, wow. Cyrus is very embarrassed. Huh. Yep, that's what happened, for sure. Nikos pours a second drink. Audrey pulls out what she brought to dinner, and it's a couple of prestidigitation magitech. And she says, yeah, for, for flavoring and stuff. But I guess we could also use this to clean. Yeah, it's a great idea. Might be best. Yeah, especially since we probably caused some of this. <laughs> nah. nah. <laughs> Turns out it's pretty easy to press the digitate dust out of food. And everybody gets situated again. Well, that was exciting. Yeah, and that is like, it's time to eat. <laughs> oh my god, I'm starving. Vince puts the rest of the ingredients into the pot. Oh, yeah. And then he signals that it's good to go. Hercure kind of waits to see how uh, serving is going to go. Everybody has your own bowl, so you just sort of, like, grab it yourself. Nikos, seeing Hercure looking unsure, does, does the hot pot thing. He does the thing. Do the thing! Yeah, I follow whatever Nikolaus does. He explains without explaining. Yeah. He gets some food. Everybody gets their food. And Constance hands out drinks. Look, 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 look. And it's a pretty fun time. The stew with all its ingredients, its fresh ingredients, is pretty good. Mmm, fresh. Mmm. Everybody also gradually gets drunk. Woohoo! 
and the evening passes pretty quickly. Does Tiger get super drunk since he's got such a lower body weight? <laughs> they they give him like three drops and he's like done. I'm picturing him with a little thimble shot glass. He's yelling about his <laughs> 75 brothers and sisters. <laughs> <laughs> his 120 cousins. Sirius is like, you know the best part about being a police officer? It's the people you meet. You meet the most interesting people. It hit her pretty hard. <laughs> As the night goes on, Annette, Audrey, Constance, Gobzu, they all sort of just like pass out in various places throughout the apartment. Oh, it's one of those parties. Alistair sort of nods off at the table, looking the same as ever. At some point in the last three hours, he fell asleep, no one noticed. Yeah. <laughs> he looks very distinguished, quietly napping at the table. He does, actually. Tiger has disappeared somewhere. It's hard to find him. <laughs> You're snoring com- coming from under someone's coat. <laughs> And it's just you guys and Vince. How about you guys all roll a constitution Uh saving throw? Alright. 15 for Hercure. 16 for Cirrus. 23 for Niklaus. Alright, the three of you can choose how drunk you are. Niklaus is on his fourth or fifth drink, but the last two drinks were just whiskeys he's been sipping on. So he's feeling good, but he's not drunk. I've established that Sirius is pretty drunk. She she doesn't drink very often, and it's been a while, uh, so she definitely has a lower tolerance right now. Hercure's a careful drinker, so he's sort of pleasantly buzzed. Yeah, Vince looks like he's also pleasantly buzzed. He's an elf, right? Yeah, and he says to you guys, so what's your plan to protect the plaza? Sirius <laughs> just, like, laughs at that. <laughs> I'm gonna... I'm gonna... You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna... I'm gonna punch all those gnolls back to back to where they came from. And I'm gonna give them a stern talking to you. They're never coming back. Ever. <laughs> Hercure kind of sobers up a little bit <laughs> with uh, the sudden thought of uh, why they're here, I guess. Well, we need to find out who's behind them. So I think right now we're still learning about the neighborhood and who's got the power and who's uh, who wants to buy this and why. This is criminals here, Kira. We know who it is. This is criminals. We just go and we fight them. Hercure pats Saris on the hand. You guys are fun. Saris, <laughs> so like, oh, we we actually do know who they were. They were um, wearing those black jackets, right, Hercure? Yeah, the the suit jackets. Yeah, apparently that belongs to the plunderers, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Are you familiar with them, Vince? Yeah, I've heard them before. Yeah, we've been trying to put them away for a while, but we've had a lot of luck. Do the police know anything about them? Uh, Joey, do the police know? <laughs> Help me, Joey. Do the police know anything about them? <laughs> you're not from this area, so you're not particularly familiar with them. Uh, no, I'm not, but maybe the local precinct is? Go ask them. I mean, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> See if they have any uh, anything they'd be willing to share. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it seems like they're one of the larger gangs in the area. So if they come in force, I don't think there's much that we can do on our own here. We just tell them no, and it'll be fine. Well, that's, I think, why we want to find out who's behind them. Because we saw that expensive-looking car that drove off, which could be the real source of power. The car? Yeah. Did you not see it? Was this... The initial confrontation. Oh, yes. Yeah, they had some nice wheels. Even though didn't have any wheels. 
<laughs> they theoretically had nice wheels. It's, it's an old saying from back when yeah. there was horse-drawn carts. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the day, we would go from, from town to town in our wagons, talking about our nice wheels. They had they had uh, fly tensors then, <laughs> as the kids say, as the as the youths say, the youths, the youths, the youths. The other idea we I had was um, even though we can't face them when they're all together, we could <clears throat> have a conversation with uh, a few of them. If we just told the if they, we helped them see our point of view that this was not the right path to go on, I think they would see reason. And if for some reason they attacked us, you know, it would be self-defense at that point. Well, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Hercule looks at Cirrus like she's crazy. Cirrus smiles very earnestly. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Earnestness plus three. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we can either get intel from a small group or, you know, reduce their numbers by <coughs> convincing them <coughs> to give up. <coughs> or get intel and reduce their numbers. Uh, ideally. Uh, I'm in favor of intel, of the intel part of this plan. You don't want to convince them of the error of their ways and to seek a better life? Well, yeah, but... There we go. Once we... I'm glad glad we're in agreement. (laughs) I've been bamboozled. (laughs) But yeah, I think uh, your suggestion of getting intel from the police department, checking with them... It's not uh, a bad place to start. Yeah, they'll tell me anything because I'm one of them, you know? Uh, I'm sure you can be very convincing. Exactly. Thank you for believing in me. Uh, anytime. She slumps back in her chair a little bit and, like, slumps down. What about you, her care? Any other ideas? I mean, it's the start of the plan. Once we know more what we're working with, we can build details into there. Do you think it's worth trying to contact any of the other groups in the area? Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, they could provide some intel. They'd certainly be interested in, in, uh, I would imagine, obtaining some of the plunderer's territory should it come to that. But it sounded like they're significantly weaker, so it might take them a lot to really want to get involved. I mean, guys, if you get rid of one of these gangs, another one always takes its place. And I don't know if that'll make this place any safer. You know what, you're right. Whenever we defeat the plunderers, we have to make sure whatever gang takes its place is allied with us. Exactly. That's smart thinking, Cyrus. Uh, thank you. Cyrus doesn't doesn't know what happened, but she's getting she's getting uh, praise, and so <laughs> she must have done something right. Well, those are starts of plans. I think you're right, Hercure. It's, I don't know if we can really plan much further ahead than the start at this point. Hercure nods wisely. All right. So, what is the plan? We're going to gather more information. We're going to talk to the police. We're going to maybe approach some of the other Noel gangs to get more information about the plunders and. Maybe uh, do an ambush on them. <laughs> we could do that and try and find out also about whoever this dude in the black vehicle or people in the black vehicle. Find out something about them, and then depending on what we know, we can go from there. But we may try to ally with the other gangs or gang to uh, King, the kings and the rats. The kings and the rats, and uh, see if we can't get them to work with us. Sirius passes out. <laughs> If we happen to come across a, a roving group of people in black suit jackets, you know, <laughs> take the take the opportunity as it comes to talk to chat with them. Yeah, ambush yeah. them like like you know you know people ambush people for like multi level marketing, but you know just yeah ambush them with our words. Yeah, <laughs> our tell us everything you know. Or Have else. you heard about the word of Narf? 
of Narf. Vince has been listening in and sort of nodding along, and he says, let me give you guys something. This is the good stuff. This is the good stuff. He heads over to one of the shelves. Oh, yeah. Fantasy Beanie Baby. And then he opens up a cabinet underneath it. It's full of guns. <laughs> and he pulls out a shotgun. Ah! And then he gently tosses it to Nicklaus. Nicklaus catches it, but yep. somewhat awkwardly. He's not used to handling shotguns. Vince says, how about you take that just in case? Are you sure you and Annette don't need it? This seems like a somewhat dangerous neighborhood all of a sudden. Nah, I gave a violence a while ago. It's a relic from my old days. Well, we appreciate that. The plaza means a lot to Annette, so please do protect the plaza. That's our goal. He pours each of you guys a drink, and also one for himself, and he raises his glass at you. I raise my glass back at him. Sam. Sirius continues to slumber. <laughs> and he downs it. Hercure downs his in solidarity. Mm-hmm. Nicholas says the same. gang this is joey your okayly adequate dungeon master luckily we were able to squeeze in another episode of the main storyline for today's episode for the next three ish weeks we're going to be doing a couple of bonus episodes with a new guest star and the episodes are going to focus on the random police officer who is convinced by Klaus to give up chasing the party and to start a taco business instead with his puppy if you'd like to support the podcast and also help us pick the topics of future bonus episodes check out our Patreon at AA Magic Pod. Join us next week to learn how to start your own fantasy taqueria.